Mark chapter 16, familiar passage of scripture. I guess the, the story of the resurrection, uh, it, you know, is, is preached more often. You know, usually we hear Christmas messages around Christmas. We don't hear a lot of Christmas messages other than Christmas. When it comes to Easter, we always tend to typically go to this chapter or John or Luke or Matthew, their accounts. And uh, so sometimes we do hear messages about the resurrection apart from Easter. Um, but typically that's when you hear most of them. And I, I really, I don't know why preachers would want to shy away from preaching about the resurrection. Because if it wasn't for the resurrection, we might as well just shut it up and go home. But uh, today the Lord, uh, not today, but the Lord has showed me some things and uh, want to share those with you. It won't be long tonight. The introduction will be longer than the message itself. But uh, I want you to begin in verse 1 and we'll read down through verse 3. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came into the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? My subject for tonight is simply this, keep walking, keep walking. Now, uh, you'll understand what I mean by that here in just a little bit, but keep walking. Say that, keep walking. Say it, keep walking. The resurrection, no doubt, is probably the most important event in Christianity. Would you agree with that? It's the centerpiece of what we believe. It's the foundation of our faith. If Christ had not risen, I hope you understand that. It's one thing, and I, I, I'm not taking away from the fact that he died for our sins, and I'm thankful he did that. But if it had not been for the resurrection, my, this would be a miserable place to live. Because of the city they sang about, because of the victory we can have in our soul, that all came about because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people that's died through the years. There's a lot of people that's died for their faith. A lot of people that died for Christ's sake. But there's only one that got up. <laughs> and his name is Jesus. It's, it's a historical truth. It's a historical truth that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. The Bible tells us that, you know, things are set in stone or things are confirmed out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. But we have four writers in the New Testament. And if you just go by those four, that's historical account enough. But you'll find that throughout the New Testament, it tells this, and it tells us how many people actually saw Christ after he rose from the dead. It's an historical truth that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Now that's important. Because if people come back and say, it's just a story, there's actually accounts historically that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. This has been open, and I don't care whose it is, I'm going to drink it. <coughs> I apologize. Probably really sorry after I drank from that. <coughs> Why in the world? I don't know what's in it, but it's good. Devil, get out of my, get out of here, Devil. I'd never have a problem like that. Anyway, but 
all four of these gospel writers, only one gospel, four writers, they all give an account. It's, they all give their own biography, their own view of the resurrection. It's a historical truth. It's not only an historical truth, but it's a doctrinal truth. Do you understand that the victory, Christ's victory, is contained in the virginity? Now, now hear me out here. Number one, I want you to notice this. He was born of a virgin. He was virgin born. That's very important. So that means no, there was no human seed for Christ to be conceived, right? We all agree with that. You have to agree with that. He lived a virgin life. That means he had no human sin. And he borrowed a virgin tomb. No man had ever laid in it. And so he borrowed it. It was Joseph of Arimathea's tomb and he borrowed a virgin tomb. No one had laid in it. It was empty. So he was virgin born. He lived a virgin life and he was buried in a virgin tomb. So that tells us if there was no human seed to conceive him, if he lived no human sin, then it's no wonder that he rose from the dead. You say, why would you say that, Brian? It's because it's simply this. He couldn't stay dead. He had no human seed. He had no human sin. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. There's no way Jesus could die because no human sin was in his body. Amen. So, he had to live. Not only is it doctrinally because he had victory, but it's doctrinally because he himself said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. But whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. If he had not rose from the grave, he would have been a false prophet. He would have been a cult leader. But hallelujah, he backed up what he said in his word. He said, I am the resurrection. It's doctrinally true. It's historically true, but it's also personally true. Do you understand that if we are in Christ, that means the resurrected, the resurrected Christ is in us? That means that if, if we should go by the way of the grave, those of us here lately that, and those of you in our church that have had to experience and had to go through funerals and go to cemeteries, if your loved one was a Christian and Christ lived within them, if he is the resurrection, hallelujah, you have the hope that one day, thank God, at the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet them in the air. Who's them? It's your loved ones. Thank God, because if Christ is in you, hallelujah, you can't stay in the ground. You're getting up. It's a personal truth. But also I believe that while you are living, signs of the resurrection will be in you. Because if you are serving a resurrected Christ, then you will live a resurrected life. And you can live in victory. You say, Brown, what do you, what, what do you mean? I mean this, some of you should have been killed a long time ago, but you got back up. 
Why? Because the resurrected Christ lives on the inside of you. There are things the devil brought down your path and, and the devil tried to kill you off a long time ago. But because Jesus lives in you, you got right back up. Some of you, when you testified today of the salvation and the goodness of God, if we, we could still be here talking about the times when Satan tried to kill you, when disease should have taken you out. But hallelujah, because Jesus lives in you, you got right back up. Why? Because the resurrected Christ lives in you. And if he lives in you, then hallelujah, you'll bear some of the marks of the resurrected life. So Mark's biography is a unique look at the resurrection. Historically, most believe that it's the first recording of the resurrection. So most people had the book of Mark and his recording and his account prior to Matthew, Luke, and John. So it's a very interesting look at the resurrection. Mark was not a theologian. Mark basically gave you facts. He didn't give you opinion. He didn't give you Jewish history. He didn't look at Jesus as the son of God like John did. He didn't look at Jesus as the son of man like Luke did. He just told you the facts. He told you the truth. And he told you in action what was happening. And here Mark, our roving reporter, begins to give a recount of what happened the day that Jesus rose from the dead. Now normally, most of the writers went directly to the tomb. But Mark said, no, I'm gonna start earlier. And he starts his account by going to the women. Now, all of us get excited when we say, and uh, don't mean to, uh, to, to point any fingers, don't, uh, but some, some women get excited to say, hallelujah, we were the first ones there. <laughs> we were the first ones to go tell that Jesus rose from the grave. And I understand that. But before you get too excited, let me tell you this. They didn't believe it either. Yeah, they were the first ones there, but they didn't believe it. You said they didn't? No, look at what they were doing. They were going to embalm the body of Christ. They were preparing sweet spices. They were getting up early. And so here they are getting ready to prepare the body. And as they were going, they asked a question. Who shall roll us away the stone? which leads us to three things. Number one, there's a stone there. Number two, they can't move it out of the way themselves. And number three, they weren't sure if anybody was gonna be there to help them. So let's put on our thinking caps a little bit. When do you think they knew that a stone was gonna be on front of the tomb? Do you think it just occurred to them on the way to the tomb? No, I don't think so. I think they knew they were, they got up before dawn. They got all the recipe together for the embalming process. They got the spices. They got everything they needed. And Ryan, they're walking down the road saying, oh, there's a stone in the way. No, they knew about the stone before they even walked out the door. But it was troubling them and they asked themselves the question, who shall roll us away 
the stone. They still kept on walking even though something was in the way. (laughs) They didn't know how. They didn't know if anybody was gonna be there to help them. They just knew a stone was there, but they kept on walking. (laughs) This is one of the most beautiful pictures of faith that I could see in the New Testament and maybe in the entire Bible. They went to the tomb knowing that there was a stone in front of the door, but they still went there and they kept on walking even though something was in the way of their victory. Hey, I'm telling you what tonight, folks. A lot of times God just, all he does, he gives us a direction. He tells us to go this way and sometimes it would do us a lot of good if we stop worrying about our destination and just start worrying about our direction and start walking by faith and keep walking by faith even though we don't know what's up ahead. That's what faith's all about. So three things to not really quickly. Here's the message. They kept on walking despite unanswered questions. You'll notice no one gave them an answer on how the stone was going to be moved, but they still kept on walking. They didn't know what they were going to do. They didn't know what they were going to meet, but they still kept on walking. The question for you is this today, if you don't have any answers to your questions, stop focusing on the fact that you need answers and start focusing on Jesus Christ, the one that can solve the problem before you even get to the problem. Amen. They kept on walking even though they didn't know the answer. All they knew is they had to go to the tomb. Bless God today, folks. God sometimes will, uh, he will not give us all the information. He just tells us to keep walking. And if we keep walking, even though we don't have all the answers, even though we don't know the diagnosis, even though we don't know the answer, bless God, he can solve the problem before we even get there. Amen. They kept walking even though they had unanswered questions. They kept walking even though there was unresolved consequences, unresolved concerns. They kept on walking. They walked by faith and not by sight. Sometimes God chooses to leave out information to allow us to walk and to keep walking. You have unresolved concerns in your life? Do you have bills that you don't have enough money for right now? Do you have health problems that haven't been healed yet? My answer to you is keep walking. (laughs) Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep trusting, keep walking. What are you telling the devil? You're telling the devil, I may not know it all. I may not have all the answers. I don't know what tomorrow's gonna hold. There may be a stone in the way of my victory, but bless God, I'm just gonna keep walking. I'm gonna keep trusting because I know the one that is able to move the stone away. Hallelujah. Unresolved concerns, unanswered questions. Let's let Abraham preach a little bit. Abraham, tell us, Abraham, did you ever meet a time in your life when you didn't know what was on the other side, but you kept on walking? Oh yeah, I was there one day. God said to take my son up a hill. (laughs) We got to the bottom of the hill and the son answered, asked the question, 
Father, I see, I see the wood. I see the fire, but where's the lamb? (laughs) And he said, son, God will provide himself a ram. You know what he was saying, Dan? He was saying, son, I don't know, but just keep walking. I don't know where it's going to come from, but all God's told me to do is take you up on top of the mountain. So that's what I'm going to do. And don't you know when he got to the top of the mountain, he was walking up one side and on the other side was a a ram walking up the other side. And when they met on top, God looked down and said, Abraham, don't kill your son. I provided a way for you to be set free. Hallelujah. Remember Ezekiel? (laughs) How can these bones, can these bones live? He said, God, I don't know, but you do. So I'm just gonna keep on walking. I'm gonna keep on preaching. I'm gonna keep on believing. If you have unresolved concerns in your life, if you have unresolved things that you've been praying for and praying for and praying for, my advice to you is keep walking. Unanswered questions, unresolved concerns, and finally, unsaved loved ones. If you have unsaved loved ones, just keep walking. Keep walking. You say, Brian, what are you trying to tell us? Trying to tell us this, God is able. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. And sometimes we have in our mind how we would like to see, how we like to see it happen. We all have in our mind that we're gonna invite them. They're gonna come. Choir's gonna sing. And they're just gonna come out and come down and get glory. So sometimes it happens that way. But any way you could think of someone being saved, I guarantee God's not gonna do it the way you're thinking. So my advice to you is just keep walking. Just keep praying. I guarantee 300 and how many days, Bob, ago was it? 300 and, 385, no one's counting but Bob. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 385 and a few hours ago. 385 days. When we came to church that Sunday, when 11th hour was singing, none of us had any idea in our mind that Bob Teeman was going to get saved. But you know what we did? We kept on walking. Junior church kept on praying. (laughs) We kept on fasting. We kept on believing. And hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. God saved him and answered our prayer. Hey, guess what? I know all of us prayed, but you know the more who got his prayer answered more than anyone? It was Bob. (laughs) Bob's prayer was answered that day. Hallelujah. That's why we can't take credit for it. It was all God. Unsaved loved ones keep walking. You'll never see his power if you quit and turn around. Those three women with all the obstacles in front of them, knowing a stone was there, knowing there was no way for them to move it, had every opportunity to turn around and go home. But they didn't. They kept on walking. And you'll never see the power of God if you stop and turn around. Just because your answer hadn't come, 
and just because your un, uh, unresolved concerns haven't been met and just because your loved one isn't saved don't mean you have no reason to stop. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. And this is what he does. The stuff we were so worried about on the journey he takes care of when we arrive at our destination. When they got there, what did Mark say? They found the stone was rolled away for it was very great. The problem that they were so worried about on the way to the tomb took care of itself when they got to the tomb. (laughs) So why should I worry? Why should I fear? When the very same Jesus, he stays always near. He lives in my heart and he hears me when I cry. I can call on his name till the storm passes by. Thank God. Thank God. Keep walking.